podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. The hits of 1984 versus today. You can't keep up with this guy. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will, and joining me as always is my friend and my co-host, Kat. Hi there. Now we'll just pause to let everyone panic that their favorite curmudgeon is not on the show anymore. <laughs> let that sink in. Send him your nasty emails. If he had email, he doesn't know how to operate a computer. But filling in for Ray, because he'll be back. He's on sabbatical now. You have a uh, substitute curmudgeon. <laughs> he, he passed the audition. He complained about something uh, that the kids did today. Uh, but filling in for Ray today is, our, is our, also our friend and uh, host of Gen X Grown Up Podcast, YouTube channel, Media Empire, John. Hey, John. Welcome. <laughs> hey, Will. Hey, Kat. Thank you so much for asking me to sit in in this uh, now quite warm and well buttocks chair of Ray's. It's very nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You can uh, join John and his friend George and Mo as they discuss various pop culture items that we grew up with in the 70s and 80s and stuff today, too, that is, you know, connects with that spirit on their show, Gen X Grown Up. You can find it anywhere podcasts are available or on their website, genxgrownup.com. Finish this show first, though. Don't go there now. Finish this <laughs> wait, show first. Wait, wait. Come back. Oh, dang it. Now, you can, now we're going to have to go on your show and say go back. Yeah, yeah. Hurry back. <laughs> on today's show, on our show today, we're going to be comparing the top five hit songs from around this time in 1984 with the current top five hit songs. We'll discuss the 1980s hits and see how long we can endure the music of today. Yeah, I'm going to set it up like a little sort of a game of sorts. We'll talk about I that later. I love the games. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but before we start with that, you know, John, look, and I'm not fishing for a gift, of course, mm-hmm. and no okay. pressure. But when you were here last right. time, you uh, introduced us to your lyrical skills by, uh, I think, extemporaneously oh, reciting a poem. That's right. I don't know. Do you have anything maybe you can do? Well... No. You're right. Yeah. So this, this is blissfully the second time you've asked me on your show. And the first yeah. time I did arrive with mm-hmm. poem in hand, but you, you yeah. actually said that was a bit too highbrow. I recall that you were, you were <laughs> I like, probably well, did say that. Yeah. well, I believe there's something about, uh, there should be a minstrel playing in the background yes, or something. In yes, fact. that's true. So I thought it would be a bit pretentious to show up with with a poem. So okay. instead right. I showed up with oh. a limerick because it's a bit more lowbrow. I thought oh. a limerick would be better. Wow. Very good. Okay. Okay. I, brought a, I brought you a limerick if you'd humor me. So, yes, please. Uh, so, so to commemorate this, my second guest appearance yes. on 1980s now, I thought, why not bring a limerick? Okay. <sighs> I'd get in the space. Yes, okay, please. I'm ready. Quiet. I'm ready. Yes, everyone. A guest spot invite to 1980s now. Indeed. Time with Will and Cat, that's fun guaranteed. But imagine my dismay when I learned there'd be no Ray, but a deal's a deal, and I'd already agreed. <laughs> that's, that's all I have. So. That Brilliant. was amazing. Oh my goodness. We, we can never have you back because you can't possibly tap that. I, I wouldn't try. Hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, in 1980s news this week, we've got our first look at the new Frogger TV show. Now, uh, 
Hmm. Ray and I talked about this some time ago when we learned about it, because Frogger is one of our favorite uh, video games. Of course, it began in, as a as an arcade game in 1981. It was first serialized, and I think, John, you, I mean, we have spoken about this the last time you were on the show. As it was part of the Saturday Supercade, Super which aired mm-hmm. you know, from, from 83 to 84. Yeah, you had some Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., some Qbert, you had some Frogger mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. And now, and now the arcade game that had you guide a frog across busy highways and treacherous rivers is, is now a game show on Peacock where the humans... Oh, here we go. He's filling the Ray role perfectly. He's channeling Ray. <laughs> but instead of, you know, safely controlling uh, these an amphibian, is a frog an amphibian? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Contestants mm-hmm. will themselves put themselves in danger here by leaping across the logs themselves. And we got a first look at this show. It was a trailer that came out. It seems to be somewhat like an American Ninja Warrior sort of wipeout-esque type competition show with actual water dangers and various slippery, seemingly, <laughs> I don't know, they're supposed to be soft, but I bet those things are pretty hard underneath. Looks a little painful. What do you guys <laughs> yeah. think about the uh, potential for this show? I would, I would try it, meaning like I would m- maybe wanna... try to be a contestant. Oh yeah. Oh, like a participant. I, yeah. Oh. I don't think mm. I'd last very long, but no. I think mm. that looks, it looks pretty fun. Yeah. But not as fun as the original, which was my favorite video mm. game. Frogger was very yeah. popular with the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Frogger was a was it was a it was it was a hit. Yeah, it was a it was a cross gender hit by all means. Yeah, right on. Somehow, when John says these things, they don't seem sexist. But if Ray said this, I'd be calling him out because anything he says, something about ladies, right? Flags start going. Red flags start going off. Well, it's, it's all in how you say it. It's like, oh, the ladies loved it. <laughs> it's, 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 That's it. It's all in inflection. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I saw this trailer too. Yeah. yeah. And the co-opting of mm. franchises from my youth is, is getting a bit much. Mm. And, uh, you know, and if they're going to get hit by cars, maybe that'd be great. If we're going to get some George Costanza <laughs> crossing the yes. street, that might be nice if you got it on a, on a hand truck or something. But So you want the real it, thing, the real. Yeah. Everything is Monopoly, right? You're like, we have Harry Potter Monopoly and we have, you know, <laughs> the fifth element Monopoly. All they're doing right. is slapping branding on it. Right. This is just slapping Frogger on what otherwise could be just another, you know, athletic challenge show. And it looks mm-hmm. like a weird use of the franchise. And it's, I mean, I'm going to watch it, of course, because yeah. I'm a nerd, but what are you going to do? do? Do you feel more protective? This, I guess if this were sort of a co-opting of a different property, maybe one more recently, a video game even from the last, you know, 20 years or so, would you feel less protective of it? Absolutely. It, yeah. I mean, you know, as a child of the eighties, that's, you know, that's, that's the whole reason that, you know, we got into content creation because that's our stuff. We yeah. saw young people going retro, retro, like, Hey dude, that's mine. That's not retro. <laughs> that's, and that's, you know, You're precious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ring. Like really it's that you see people co-opting that and what they're doing is they're leveraging it because now you see Gen Xers grown up and they have disposable income and they're the ones paying for stuff and yeah. Hey, we like Frogger. We'll watch it. And it's ultimately it's not Frogger probably. So we'll see. I don't think it's really frog. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm cautiously pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of Saturday Supercade, and look, hey, John, you've got a leg up on this because uh, as you pointed out already, you're familiar with the show, but it is, however, time for us to play. Welcome to your doom. Now I know that uh, your co-host Mo has been doing a series of videos challenging your followers to identify classic video games from sounds. We're going to do Quite the sure. same. Yeah. Give you, a, you know, you have this one benefit, however. I don't know if this will necessarily benefit Cat, but. <laughs> no. 
I this is, could be a cross-gender type thing, too. The ladies. <laughs> <laughs> These are sounds are all from games that were ultimately featured on Saturday Supercade. Mm. You guys just shout it out if you know the answer, okay? Here is your sure. first uh, video game sound. Tell me what classic video game this is from. Donkey Kong? <gasps> That's it! We got it. How about this one? Cubert. That's right. <laughs> You're too quick, man. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. Keep going. Keep going. Keep it up. How about this classic video game sound? <laughs> yeah? Nope. Yeah, that's right. Pitfall. She was exactly right. Yes. Yeah, she knew it. Here, how about this one? Is that Frogger? Mm, no. It's not. There is oh, jumping no. involved. Oh, Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey That's Kong right. Jr. And finally. <laughs> Frogger. Of course. Hey, she got <laughs> it. Oh, the ladies love the Frogger. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, yeah. Look, if you're interested in checking it out, Frogger lands on Peacock on September 9th with new episodes every Thursday. Uh, next up on 1980s news. Disney has changed the name of Boba Fett's ship. Mm -hmm. Now, John, before you even uh, even mention this, right? Are you a fan enough of Star Wars to know what Boba Fett's original or ship was originally named? Of course, okay. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, back in June of this year, uh, Star Wars fans took notice that a Lego set called Boba Fett's Starship mm -hmm. had uh, mm -hmm. hit the shelves, and of course, of course, it caused a bit of a stir because the Bounty Hunter's iconic ship has always been known as Slave One. Mm -hmm. Of course, the ship was first introduced on the big screen in 1980's uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's since been seen again in the prequel Attack of the Clones. And most recently, we've seen it uh, pop up on season two of The Mandalorian when, spoiler alert, Boba Fett himself appears. <gasps> first thoughts, I suppose. <laughs> do, do you care? Do we really care? I'm fine with it cool it's got a cool shape i'm not attached to the name one way or the other mm. it's fine i think probably folks who are bigger star wars nerds probably mm. care more than i would mm -hmm. i mean mm. i'm a fan of star wars but i'm not like it's not a religion to me i i, yeah. I enjoy it but i'm not uh you know, like for example, you did just spoil a plot point of Mandalorian because I didn't oh, no! watch all of it. So that's okay. It's, but but it, I don't care so much that I'm like, damn it! I'm oh. like, oh, okay with it. I don't mind that you said that. Like, I understand why you would you would change it because sure. you know the term slave has mm -hmm. some baggage. Right. Mm -hmm. But also, there's there's no malice intended in that name. It has to do with it has to do with mythos, and it has to do with you know it has to do with uh, you know this this story and it's not uh mm -hmm. you know it's not like a civil war general statue or something and it, yeah. but it doesn't bother me to change it but i mm -hmm. think yep. it probably was largely unnecessary of course as you're getting to you know disney has been taking a number of different actions to or i suppose rectify mm -hmm. and rebrand some of their different attractions etc that have like you mm -hmm. like you say uh baggage, particularly associated with racist stereotypes, including the overhaul of Splash Mountain, mm -hmm. uh, right. the Jungle Cruise ride. Right. Yeah, this mm -hmm. one, I, I, I think I agree with what you're saying. Certainly when this was created, it, we're talking about a galaxy far, far away, a character who was established at least to give this, uh, well, we didn't know what to make of him, but he was a bad guy to us as kids, certainly, because he was against Han Solo. And so having a ship that was right. named this thing that had a negative connotation anyway, and maybe... Mm -hmm. Right. You know, conjured certain feelings among the in the audience. Mm -hmm. But 
likewise, I can understand that, you know, why they would change it. And I feel like I'm not the kind of person who is in a position to say whether they should or not, as far as I'm not otherwise would be offended by the word slave. Mm -hmm. So, and as I understand it, it isn't like a complete departure. It's just a a change in the way they reference it because they're actually switching the name to like the, is it like the model of ship now versus like the nickname of the Mm -hmm. ship or something? You know, it's like changing, it's like not calling Serenity, Serenity, calling it Firefly. You know, it's like, it's the Firefly model ship. Don't, you know, don't call it the Enterprise, call it the Galaxy class. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. it's still Mm -hmm. true. It's just not the name it was previously known by. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know that about Serenity or Firefly. So thank you. You didn't spoil it necessarily, necessarily, I think. Spoiler alert. Well, that one, that one at least is like 15 years old. So I can go with that one. Is that something I've seen that Will hasn't? Yes. I have not seen it. Wow. I've got to leave the podcast. You've not seen Firefly? Oh my goodness, Kat. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. You just straighten these boys out, Kat. Oh my goodness gracious. You've been remiss. Oh, yes. Okay. A press release revealed that Apollo Villanelli's Bounty Hunter ship blueprint variant cover for the ongoing War of the Bounty Hunters comic book series confirmed that Boba Fett's ship's name has been changed from Slave 1 to Fire Spray. And then, in fact, mm-hmm. like you pointed out, uh, the type of ship that Slave One is, is a Fire Spray 31 class patrol and attack craft. Rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, next up in 1980s news, we've got two legendary rock stars, David Lee Roth and Gene Simmons, going head to head, at least in social media. <laughs> what we've learned from, from UltimateClassicRock.com is that when Kiss resumed their farewell tour on August 18th, their pre-COVID opening act, David Lee Roth, was replaced by a painter. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, uh, I don't know what to make of that already. But. Wait, was he painting or was he just a painter singing? Wait, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> I looked wait. this up. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if he sings or if there's just music playing, but yeah. he he has two brushes. Yeah. Me, I don't know how many brushes. And he does a, a giant painting or portrait while the music's playing music yeah. is playing and it's amazing nothing says hard rock and roll like a painter yeah <laughs> it'd be great if instead of doing the uh you know a rock uh, portrait or something like that cat they just wheeled out this like a, a mock-up of a side of a house you know the siding and everything and he just got to work yes. and then he just like he just advertises painting business house painting call up michael garibaldi or whatever handyman <laughs> we do lawns too yeah. yes yeah <laughs> so there you go, John. No, he's just a painter. Hmm. So I don't know how you go from David Lee Roth to a guy you'd see on like uh, one of those uh, gong show type things that we have nowadays. But but Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are both into painting. I looked this up too. Uh, yeah. It's okay. like a thing for them. Yeah. Now like, I see why Kat is on the show. Yes, now you right. don't have to do any research. She does it all. This is outstanding. <laughs> 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 when asked by Rolling Stone to confirm whether uh, Roth is officially not returning for the reschedule, rescheduled dates, Simmons confirmed that Roth won't be back and commented, quote, it bears noting that during Dave's heyday, nobody did what he did. He was the ultimate front man, not Plant, yeah. not Rod Stewart, nobody. He took being a front man way beyond anything. And then I don't know what happened to him, something. And you get modern Dave. <laughs> and then he added, and here's the real kicker. Quote, I prefer to remember Elvis Presley in his prime. Sneering lips back in Memphis, you know, doing all that. 
I don't want to think of bloated naked Elvis on the bathroom floor, end quote. (laughs) Making friends. So uh, not one to shy away from controversy, David Lee Roth responded on Instagram by posting 18 identical black and white images of a child wearing sunglasses and extending his middle finger. (laughs) And if there was any doubt as to whom this message was directed... The photos included the text Roth to Simmons. <laughs> it's nothing like seeing a bunch of aging rockers fighting it out on uh, Instagram. I think the kids call that the bird, Will. I don't the know if you've heard of that. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Have to. Yeah. Look that up. Cat, you probably know about that though, right? Yeah, the bird? You research. probably that, the bird. <laughs> Are we talking about flipping the bird? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's, it's also the word I'd heard, but that's okay. Now, since that happened, Simmons has been sort of on an apology tour of sorts. Mm-hmm. He spoke to Us Weekly and said he was sorry that he had never intended to insult Roth. Uh, acknowledging the quote that I just read to you from Rolling Stone, he said that, uh, quote, somehow there was a segue to Elvis bloated on the ground <laughs> and fat and naked. I wasn't talking about David, end quote. I don't know how you'd mistake that quote. <laughs> However, ultimately, uh, or, or most recently, Simmons was asked by uh, radio host Marcy Weiser of 95.5 K- K- KLOS whether Roth quit or was fired, and Simmons said neither. The tour ended because of COVID, we all went home and then we made different plans, end quote. Of course, his plans included hiring a painter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I think that might be more <laughs> insulting than the Elvis thing is that equal to you, David Lee Roth, f- former frontman of Van Halen, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. We're going to have a painter. That's why uh, I looked it up because yeah. that really caught my uh, attention too. Did, did you watch his, his apology? There was a video posted. He was, he seemed genuinely apologetic. Yes. He's like, I never meant to him, you know, hurt David's feelings. That was not my intent, mm-hmm. but <laughs> he's, he's kind of always a jerk anyway. Right. Yes. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. he couldn't, mm-hmm. he could, just couldn't stop himself. He went on to go and I'm one of the people that gave him his first break and I signed yes. his record deals. And he, it's almost like he's saying he owes me. So, <laughs> he shouldn't even question it yes. kind of but uh, yes. like low key saying that, but he didn't say that, but mm, that's, agree. yeah, mm-hmm. that's some kind of apology there. <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> I even forgave the money they owed me on a contract for the studio oh, yeah. time. Or something. Yeah. Oh, your sweet yeah. benevolence. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Yes, please. Oh, be painted one. Thank you. <laughs> your, oh, your, your joy and glory. <laughs> hey, that was 1980s news. Hey, if you like the show, and you may like it less, or you may like it more, because Ray's not here, you may like it less or more, and John is, you may like it less or more, I don't know. But please, support the show, share, review, post, or visit us at uh, patreon.com slash 1980s now, and find other ways you can keep us going, and better, and stronger. Mm-hmm. And faster, like Steve Austin. Like Steve Austin? Yeah. Oh. You can't know Firefly and not know Steve Austin. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I do. I just didn't hear what he said at first, and then my brain kicked in. I even know Jamie Summers. Hey, so today on the show, as I mentioned, we're going to be listening to the top five songs from a week around now, 1984, actually the week ending September 1st, 1984, and seeing how we, whether or not we can endure the comparable top five from today. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we already know. Okay. No, we don't. <laughs> I, I'm just dubious is all. It's just I'm a bit dubious. I mean, John, is there any contemporary music that you listen to now? Not on purpose, yeah. but it's not. I, 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 just, I just don't seek it out, right? Yeah. It's because all the hmm. best music happened in like, from like the mid 70s to the mid 90s. And that's yep. when I get in and I talk to Spotify, I don't say, 
Hey, what's the modern hotness? I say, yeah. hey, what's cooking from 1983? That's what I do. Right. So, mm. so how do you uh, accidentally hear it? Well, it's whatever is playing. If you know, if I walk in, my daughter's playing something. If yeah, the grocery yeah. store. Yes, or... Lil Nas X is often cranking at the Win Dixie. That's often oh, right. a thing that I hear. Yeah, <laughs> uncensored too. Everyone feels uncomfortable there. Can I get a pork roast? Oh my. <laughs> So we're gonna, we'll, look, everybody's familiar with the, song, the songs from 1984. We'll talk a little bit about them, though. However, some highlights, uh, some interesting information. But when it comes to discussing the new songs, I am going to play for us a clip. The maximum length of this clip is 30 seconds. Okay. At the point that you think you would have changed the dial, you're going to just buzz in. We get two buzzes. That's mm -hmm. it. The song is done. If we can make it mm -hmm. to 30 seconds otherwise... I think we can consider it a possible hit. I like to think I have a pretty diverse musical palette. No. I don't just hate music just to hate it for fun. So mm. I'm okay. going to predict. <laughs> why is that funny, Kat? Like, do you hate music for fun or is that just amusing to you? It was the way you said it. No, the way you said it was amusing. <laughs> Some people do hate things for fun. Yes. Have you listened to the show? Have you heard my friend George? He hates right. things for fun. <laughs> I predict that I will. I, I like some of the new stuff. I think maybe so. That's hey. my prediction. It's possible. I think for me, you know, even back in the 1980s, I have the same exercise where our way of consuming music back then was such that we didn't have a choice really to, you know, skip to the next song. So you had mm. to make a decision about whether you're going to stay on a certain station or you're going to change it. Right. I find myself still doing that today. You know, if a new song comes out, comes on because like you say, I'm accidentally, it sort of pops up on my a playlist or something random. Mm -hmm. I give it that a certain amount of time and I can decide pretty quickly and efficiently. That might not be the, you know, maybe that's not a fair way to do it, but that's what happens. Hey. All right. Hey, so on the, in the week ending September 1st, 1984, the number five hit was When Doves Cry by Prince. It's the lead single, of course, from his sixth mm -hmm. studio album, Purple Rain. According to the DVD commentary for that film, Prince was asked by the director to write a song to match the theme of a particular segment of the film. And the next morning, Prince had composed two songs, one of which was Doves Cry. I wonder what the other one was. Mm -hmm. The song was Prince's first Billboard Hot 100 number one single and stayed there for five weeks. I'm surprised at that. You know, Prince had already had a long career by then. He had certainly a, a number of popular songs, including those in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised to see that this would be his first number one single. Mm -hmm. Prince is a musical genius. Yeah. There's, yeah. Are, there's, you, a fan uh, of, are you a fan of Prince, John? I am. I am a fan of Prince. Uh, I have a close friend who is a, a, a psychotic fan of Prince yeah. and I, I pale in comparison oh to him. And he's, yeah, he can quote, he can wow. quote every line of Purple Rain, the album and the film. So, yeah. <laughs> I saw it. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. And I love his music, but uh, as far as uh, on a film, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the top-selling single of 1984 and the last single released by a solo artist to receive a platinum certification before the certification requirements were lowered in 1989. So at the end of the decade, they were like, look, after this, music's going to start to suck. Let's face it, right? It's going to start to slide. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There you go. Got to make it easier. <laughs> I'd be curious if they changed it even more since. I don't know. I should have looked that up. Kat, do you know oh, if, uh, if it's in your research? No, and your bird research Wait, and your other research, whether or not <laughs> the, your painting, painting research. research. <laughs> I'm going to assume, though. Yes. Yes. The number five hit today is a song. You know, this is going to be, this whole segment is going to be me trying to pronounce the names of new artists. Mm -hmm. Go for it. The number five song today is called Kiss Me More, and it's by, I'm going to say Doja Cat featuring mm -hmm. SZA. Is that SZA? 
That, yeah. I thought that was cryptocurrency. I I, I, you lost me. <laughs> You've been yes. trading them? Doge. All right. <laughs> no wonder I broke. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> What did no. it for you, Will? What was it? I think generally, maybe this is what's not fair. And my family gives me a hard time about this is I generally don't like minor key songs that are slow tempo and sound sort of maudlin. Mm. And uh, No, they didn't bother me at all. No. That was okay. That's sort no. of for me right away. <laughs> for me, it was the the mm-hmm. the crybaby voice. Oh. I just couldn't. Mm. <laughs> I, I couldn't handle that. That and was too much of that. Very good. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Yeah. Could you do that again? No, I will not. <laughs> and we will auto-tune it, and it'll be number four next week. <laughs> no, <laughs> climbing the charts. Kat, why did you dislike that song? Um, It was too boring. I, I like mm. things with a little more funk. Little Put more. a little stank on it for Kat. She likes it a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Conte, if we were to compare this to the number five tune from 1984, when I'm Come on, hands down, Prince, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, Prince, and that yes. is, by the way, yes. my go-to karaoke song when Dubs cry, mm. oh, which I need to hear. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. that's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do a warble too. Oh, now see, yeah, John makes me feel self-conscious because of my bird-like warble. Now I'm giving John the bird. John, close of your eyes. Judgment of my. <laughs> Either you guys have a karaoke go-to song. Mercy. I've never done karaoke. Wow. Kata okay. Wow. Never done it. Kata okay. Yes. Empty it. orchestra. Very good. So international. Yeah. Not in public. Uh-oh. I've done it in private, of course, with a hairbrush, but never yep. in public. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Hey, so number four from the weekending September 1st, 1984 was Ghostbusters. The theme from the hit film, of course, written by Ray Parker Jr. or maybe Huey Lewis, depending on <laughs> the outcome of that settlement. I think the settlement said Huey Lewis. I mean, really. But of course, the film starred Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson. The song debuted at number 68 on June 16, 1984, but reached number one on August 11th and stayed there for three weeks. It also was number two on the UK singles chart and stayed there for three weeks. It was nominated at the 57th Academy Awards for Best Original Song, but lost to Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You. And I say travesty. Oh, I don't care for that Stevie Wonder tune. I like Stevie Wonder. I like pre nope. 80s Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. Too sappy. I just call. No, not for me. Nope. He does have Sorry. a karaoke song. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott sings that to me sometimes. Mm. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> All I can think about when I hear the Ghostbusters theme is yeah. how self-conscious the guys must have felt being in the music video, walking down the street yeah. with Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. in, in their getup too. Yeah. Like they were in costume and yes. like, yeah, you love doing the, doing the Harlem shuffle, <laughs> walking down the street in your Ghostbusters getup. Yeah. <laughs> we're professional actors. Mm, Aren't they doing yeah, like a are. stilted type walk? Oh yeah. With their, oh you know, yeah. It was, it yeah, it was, yep. It was super hot. So number four of the top 10, uh, rather, of the top five songs today is Rumors by, here we go again, Lizzo and Cardi B. Now, Cardi B, I know. Mm-hmm. They don't know I do it for the culture, goddamn. They say I should watch the I post, oh, goddamn. Say I'm turning big girls into hoes, oh, goddamn. They say I get groupies at my shows, oh, goddamn. 
all the rumors are true, yeah. What you heard, that's true, yeah. I f him and you, yeah. If you believe I do that, had to cut some hoes loose, yeah. Indy ain't no loose lips. Oh, Not them hoes trying to sue me. Wow, 30 <laughs> seconds. All right. Oh, wow, that was 30 seconds. Yeah. All right. That's not that's not terrible. I mean, there's no. a unnecessary reliance on hoes and goddamn. But other than that, it was you know it was a. I mean, it had a good beat, had a hook yeah. to it. I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, it, it held my interest. I was like, where? Wow. Where, where is she with going this? with this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not bad. I was concerned that I, I was about to beat, but you know, for that sort of same reasons I told you, because I wasn't sure where I was going. But they did wind up hitting you know sort of that uh, hitting her stride or throwing those uh, rhythms in there sooner than the 30 seconds, which makes me realize, you know, I would say maybe it's not fair of me to judge or even for us to give us a sort of a 30 segment segment to make a decision within. But mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, put it together within 30 seconds, it's like a novel, you know, right? if you don't have a great, great opening or a movie, great scene at the beginning, hey, that's on you. 30 seconds is plenty of time to get a hook. <laughs> oh, tell that to yes. Rush for foreplay a long time. <laughs> Come on now. We don't even get to the song for four minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so rumors versus we look we survived the 30 seconds but rumors versus ghostbusters oh. it's still ghostbusters for me yeah, yeah. No contest. come on yeah, now yeah i'm gonna choose ghostbusters i mean there are way fewer hoes in ghostbusters oh. for one i think that's you know, right. goes without saying uh the number three <laughs> i don't true? know how to respond to that it's factual <laughs> it's true i counted them yeah. cat is it true Oh, well, we've yeah. given up on our research, right? We've given up on that. <laughs> oh, that, what? It's not what funny anymore. Me? I think I've said it too many times. There's, yeah. <laughs> See, John said it at first and it was funny. And now I realize I'm just repeating John's joke. And it's now I've made it tired. And no, you're still The funny. more you explain it, the oh, funnier gonna, it gets. I'm that's cut all this that's out. just facts. This show's going to be 15 minutes. Uh, so number three for the week ending September 1st, 1984 is Stuck or Was Stuck on You, written and recorded by Lionel Richie. I couldn't hum this tune to you now if you offered me a million dollars. I keep thinking about the Huey Lewis version. That's Stuck With You. Oh. That's, you're thinking Huey Lewis Stuck With You. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Happy to be stuck with you. That's, that's Huey Lewis. Yeah. Isn't that the one... Stuck on you. And I'm on my way. Is that the one? Um, it's not <laughs> ringing any bells yet. Keep going, Kat. Just keep going. Oh, we'll no, the whole song. anymore. We'll we want to hear the whole discography. Keep going. <laughs> mm -hmm. It, however, despite the fact that not, none of us can actually hum this tune, or maybe Kat did, we just don't know it. Okay. We just don't know you it. You didn't even notice, and then you're like, what? It was the fourth <laughs> single from Lionel Richie's second studio album, Can't Slow Down, which I'm sure probably had other hits on it. Probably Dancing on the Ceiling was on there, or uh, what's that other one? All Night Long. Something else was on there, probably. Um, All but, more memorable than Stuck on You. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it did achieve a chart success, particularly in the US and UK, where it peaked at number three and number 12. The song marks Lionel Richie's country music debut. Yeehaw. <laughs> and indeed, Stuck on You peaked at number 24 on the country charts. In fact, the single's cover photo shows Richie wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, I've said this many times before. Everyone seems to have been a country music fan in the 1980s. I don't know how it worked out. I don't know, you know, that it was uh, some sort of great marketing by the record labels that were promoting this, you know, to the radio stations, but in New York and New Jersey, where I grew up, my parents who, you know, I would never fancy for country fans loved country wearing cowboy hats and boots going places that had live bands and line dancing. Wow. It was a very uncomfortable time. <laughs> who knew that Lionel Richie was Darius Rucker before Hootie was Darius Rucker. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no yes. Idea. No. <laughs> I was not into country, but no. my dad 
seriously yep. listen to the country. Although, well, not as much as your parents yeah. will. <laughs> um, but we, my, my sister and I used to try to avoid it as much as possible and oh, would yep. complain when he would turn it on. But we did get dragged to an Oak Ridge Boys oh. concert one time in Atlantic City. Yep. And it was actually really good. Oh, yeah, sure. But I would never admit that at the time. Okay. <laughs> well, but there are different kinds of country, though. I mean, uh, mm. Oak Ridge yeah, Boys yeah, yeah. is kind of, is a little yeehaw country. But then, mm. but then you have like, so you got like some Four Horsemen, you got some Willie and Johnny Cash kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, I, I went, I'm in prison by the rail yard kind of country. And that that's a little darker stuff that I really enjoyed, but. Mm. I never get the Lionel Richie country. That's that's a new yeah. one on me. Well, there you go. You got that to look forward to now. Who knows? <laughs> you, you know, something you had an opportunity to enjoy uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> Where are we here? Okay, number three. Hey, so the number three song today is not a country tune. It is one by, look, I, you can't escape this artist because uh, my, my daughter and I watched on a f at least one, two TV shows, uh, she, you know, when she was younger and coming up. And now she's had the number one she had the number one album for a while. She had a number one and number two hits on the on the top ten. She is now this week though at number three with "Good for You," and of course I am talking about Olivia Rodrigo. John's out. <laughs> It must be that baby, baby thing you said. Oh, that voice. Yeah, he plays on like the But I like the groove. So, John, what happened? You know, I'll tell you, right at the end, the chorus got a little better. It got yeah. a little pinkish there at the end. Yes. And I love I pink. Mm -hmm. That got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But the beginning mm -hmm. was kind of baby voice whiny mm. and then, and then, and then, kind of whiny and the, mm. she had me at the beginning because I thought it was going to be the opening to Barney Miller I was on board right at the beginning I had the bass line but then yeah. then we got the baby talk and then and it wasn't until right at the end when we had that's a little bit of like some chorus kicked in but mm. yeah the, mm. the kind of whiny talk just didn't do it for me sorry do you did you do you take it back though did you did you Thumb turning. No, the other wrecked way? is wrecked. Sorry. Yeah, it's it. You can't oh, take no. it back. Right. Yeah. Wrecked is wrecked. You've been buzzed. <laughs> yeah. Let's see that. You, you point out though, like, and I, I've noticed this a bit. And look, I, like I said, I know this song already. Mm, you do? Okay. Because my daughter, like you were talking about, you know, some mm -hmm. some music we're exposed to is because of our children. There's a sure. few acts that I know are, are on the top 10, top 40 because of my daughter. Because when we're mm. in the car together, I let her DJ. <laughs> Something I don't think my parents let me do, but I, I, when we were younger, I benefited from it, you know, because I was exposed to so much music that they liked that was mm -hmm. good music. I was lucky that they had good taste or our tastes sort of, you know, coincided in that way. And that music still mm -hmm. stays with me. And some of it was the top 40 of the day. They would listen to Casey Keesum as we were driving on a road trip or something like that. Oh yeah, I think mm. you're spot on. I mean, I, I've talked about this on some videos on our YouTube channel that- Back when we were kids, there was one TV and you watched what your parents watched or you just didn't watch TV. And right. so mm -hmm. we got to know Lawrence Welk and we got to know I Love Lucy and we got to know the Honeymooners because we couldn't just tune out and go to the iPad or go to our own room and watch stuff. And so the fact that you got to DJ, you know, you didn't get to you didn't get to DJ yep. means you right. got you got attuned to mm -hmm. things that otherwise you may have just tuned out. And so they give you a broader breadth. I think that's why Gen Xers got a broader breadth of music musical knowledge and television mm -hmm. knowledge and pop culture knowledge. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. one of the good things we have. Yeah. You know, and I, I think about this from time to time, I agree with everything, everything you said. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, 
in part, it's just sort of a cultural thing, how we are today, but it also would be difficult to share things, I guess, well, I shouldn't say this. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's so much content now because, mm -hmm. you know, since we grew up in the you know 70s and 80s, you get, you have that, you, add, you had your parents' music before that, add the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s now, add the 90s, 2000, all the way up to now for the kids today. It's like, where do you even begin? I have the same challenge with trying to share mm. movies with my kids. It's like, I don't know right. where to start. When you're a kid, yeah. there weren't so many films that were on videotape or on TV that you're, you know, you, you'd come in and your dad be, you know, just, we're watching, uh, you know, a Western or we're watching a James Bond today. There wasn't a whole lot of choice. So it was a little easier to sort of, uh, you know, be exposed to what your parents loved in that way. No, I think you're right because not only is there the breadth of stuff that has come historically behind us, yep. but also there's the breadth of stuff that's coming out contemporary right yeah. now. Because mm -hmm. they're trying That's to true. fill all of these avenues. That's right. You know, yeah. not only is there stuff from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, but in the 2020s, <laughs> there's yeah. 50 streaming channels to fill. Yeah. And so there's all yeah. that stuff. There's, there's as, as much yeah. stuff coming out in, in this decade as came out in the previous 10. Mm. They just can't keep mm -hmm. up. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yes. All right. So, hey, but look, I don't even remember stuck on you. So I know Buzz, John buzzed rather. Uh, uh, good for you. But I'm picking good for you over Lionel Richie because I can't remember that tune. <laughs> I'm I'm going with Lionel Richie just on just credentials. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on principle. <laughs> He's just Lionel Richie. And he didn't tarnish the Barney Miller theme, so I'm sticking mm. with Lionel Richie. This is tough for me. Tiebreaker cat. I, I, yeah. yeah. Right. Are you on yeah. Will's side or the side of right? Are you are you on John's side or are you looking for another podcast to be on? Ooh, <laughs> wow. Or are you going to be the, the, the let's see, the, John, the fourth host on -host? Gen X Grown Up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to say, well, I'm loyal to Lionel Richie in many ways, but um, but as far I'm now going to know the song, other ways that she's loyal to Lionel oh, Richie. No, 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 no. Oh, songs, brother, songs. Let me count oh, them. Oh, okay, yeah. but <laughs> but um, but for if if they both came on the radio, mm -hmm. I. I would enjoy listening to the, uh, what's her name? Olivia. <laughs> so memorable. <laughs> Olivia girl. Rodrigo. That's Olivia her. Rodrigo. Yeah. I, I think I would enjoy listening to her song more yep. at of that course. moment. Sure. Very Why not? Yeah. All right. Hey, the number two song for the weekend, September 1st, 1984 was Missing You by John Waite. It was a co-written and recorded by uh, John Waite. Released in June of 1984, it was the lead single from his second album, No Breaks. The album itself reached number one on the Billboard album Rock Tracks. Missing You was the only record from 1984 to spend a single week at the top of the Hot 100. Uh, the song was also nominated for the 1985 Best Pop Vocal Performance Male Grammy Award. Okay, I guess first of all, are either of you guys fans of this tune? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's not on my playlist. But no, exactly, like it. exactly. Yeah. It's 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 not on my uh, my one hundred must list. But uh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's it's a hum along. Yeah. It's not a it's not an insta skip by any means. <laughs> right, right. Good way to say it. Yep. Yeah, and generally, like I mentioned to you, I don't care for slow songs, ballads, etc. But I do like this song, and I do. Do you guys do this for you know? They say sense, you know, or sense, sense. I say smells. Smells are the strongest uh, mm -hmm. memory jogger. <laughs> Olfactory triggers. Olfactory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so sm yeah, smell is the strongest memory trigger. But for me, mm -hmm. also music is a close second to the extent mm -hmm. that I can remember when I heard certain songs and have a memory of, you know, what was mm -hmm. happening. And this is one sure. of them. I remember being in my friend's bedroom and he had this little television, a small tube TV, of course. Uh, and it was playing MTV and this video came up. And at the time, hearing the song made me sort of feeling, you know, somewhat melancholy, I think, because at the time, 
I don't know, we were probably, what were we, was this 84? So maybe we're in freshman in high school or something like that, or eighth grade, mm-hmm. that there was undoubtedly yeah, yeah. a girl I liked that didn't like me or my quote unquote girlfriend, you know, I don't, to the extent you could have one back then, uh, <laughs> had broken up with me or something. And, you know, we, we find meaning in these songs when they speak to us about our personal sort of experiences. And at that moment, I remember feeling that way. Oh, well. I'm fine now, Cat. <laughs> I've been to therapy. It's part of the soundtrack of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the B-side is stuck on you by Lionel Richie. <laughs> so, you know, this song, there's a number of different stories associated with who this song may be about. Who is John Waite missing? Mm. According to John Waite himself, there's several different storylines that helped fuel the creation of this tune. He told Cleveland Scene in 2016, quote, I had a wife that I was still married to, and my marriage was in trouble, and I was living out of a suitcase. I was living in New York, separated, and I was seeing this girl, Patty. That's two women so far. And we <laughs> ended up being engaged years later, and me and Nina, that's the third woman, were great friends. It's a combination of three different personalities who were all blonde. That's his comment, not mine. The Nina he's talking about is Nina Blackwood. <laughs> of course, one of the original VJs on VJs, TV. yeah. And a guest of our show many, many moons ago now, it seems. That was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, thank you, Kat. She was actually great. Oh, you know, she happens to be from uh, the Cleveland area where we record this show. And she was just, uh, I don't know that she comes back if at all, but she was still like, hey, do you live near here? And I remember we passed a sign for that. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. She knew exactly mm-hmm. where I'm at. Um, okay. So the number two song today is a song called Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Every time you come around, you know I can't say. Cat's out. <laughs> Every time I'm out. I'm out down. too. All right, I'm sorry. I'm out too. I think I held. Oh, wait. John? I, I was still John? enjoying the song. What are you doing oh. to me? <gasps> sorry. Two buzzes. You the music. Two buzzes. That was. Is I that think it, it was that's the vote. It was explained clearly at the beginning. Oh, two votes and I'm out, huh? Yes, two votes and that's You're it. You're a guest. We don't get that's to listen right. to music. Shut up. <laughs> What a Winn-Dixie, maybe you'll hear it. <laughs> I will, I'm sure um, I will. So, Cab, why did you buzz? You buzzed even before I did. Why did you buzz? Uh, it just doesn't hook me in. Mm-hmm. It's it's too kind of wifty wafty mm-hmm. and It was that. I just yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not not that I am opposed to that in in every song, but uh, What no, do you mean about by, by me. that? Like some sort of uh like what John was talking about with the sort of warble of the the other singers that's there's sort of something about his voice or uh yeah yeah his voice and and I'm, I'm not opposed to his voice in general no. but yeah it was too it was too airy mm. it was it was kind of melodically like, was, drifty wasn't it it was kind of seesaw yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Mm, gotcha what was your yeah. beef with it will it was what uh, you know i was playing <laughs> to you guys earlier it's just again slow tune didn't seem like it's going anywhere mm. you know i, mm. I music i have such an emotional connection with music that I tend to, and I, and I, hey, maybe I'm different than you guys. I like feeling happy more than I like feeling other emotions. <laughs> so uh, I tend to have a, you know, a strong response if a song is sort of, you know, downbeat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. this song, and so I buzzed honestly when I would have buzzed out, but I do know this song again because of my daughter. And I know mm-hmm. just past the 32nd mark, it actually turns into a tune that maybe I wouldn't turn away from. And so maybe mm. just oh, really? even as a lesson to the younger musicians out there that are listening, get it together sooner. 
And I want to play you guys what happens at that, which is, you know. I wanted yeah. to hear where it was going. Yeah. That was the thing, because I heard it like, oh, this sounds like it's building, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm eager to hear what's happening. Well, here you go. This is what it uh, leads to. Bad habits lead to late nights and then alone. Oh. See? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Now John's clubbing. <laughs> where do you get oh. that uh, glow stick from, John? Oh, Will, you got to keep me hydrated, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I falling? I feel like I'm falling. <laughs> yeah. that's better i like that yeah. part better yeah, yeah look i wouldn't yeah, yes had i had i lasted that long you know i, mm-hmm. I would have changed the station when i did so i wouldn't have found gotcha. out that understood yep. yeah mm-hmm. so for me uh, john Waite is the winner of these two yeah yeah mm, me too maybe yeah i, I, I mean i'm oh, kind of torn wow. i'm kind of torn i think the ed sheeran's not bad actually i might uh i might i might waffle a little yeah, bit not bad. i yeah. do like a number of his <laughs> other tunes it's true so here we go. Yeah. This is number one. If I was, you know, Casey Kasem, we would be counting down to this moment here. The week ending September 1st, 1984, the, the top song that week was What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Mm. Written by... T- <laughs> mm. Is that a good... Hmm? Yeah. Oh, okay. Soul. Oh, all right. Yes. Ooh, all right. <laughs> it was written by Terry Britton and Graham Lyle. It was taken from Tina Turner's fifth solo album, Private Dancer. A dancer for money. I do anything John wants me to do. <laughs> and it became Turner's most successful single, single, giving her, again, this is surprising like the Prince thing to me. This gave her her first and only Billboard Hot 100 number one single. How is that possible? That's astonishing. How can that be? It is. Yeah. Tina wow. Turner. It is surprising. Mm-hmm. Also interesting was at the time, at age 44, now this is going to make all of you guys, both of you guys feel old. <laughs> At age mm-hmm. 44, <laughs> she became the oldest solo female artist to top the Hot 100 chart. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Hey, you know what? I just realized, guys, we could turn this around. This is really a positive message. Mm. Any of us here on this show right now could break that record. There's still a chance for us every day. Yes. It's more likely we could be the oldest it, person. It's less likely that I could be the oldest yes, female artist true. though. Yeah. I could. John, how committed are you? Apparently not committed not enough. Well, Kat, yeah. Kat, we're rooting for you, Kat. And every day it's better. Just keep getting older. Maybe you could do a cover of Stuck on You. Yeah, that clearly was my, that was my first karaoke. It was also the second biggest single of 1984 in the U.S. and the 17th biggest in the U.K. Deservedly so. Let's compare mm. that with the number one hit song of today. Oh, wow. man, here we go. Got to figure out how to say this here. Uh, Stay by the kid. Hmm. You know, when you put all your letters in your name in capitals, I don't know if that's an acronym. Uh, am I supposed to shout it? Because, you know, kids put stuff in capitals and they want to be loud. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, but it says the kid. I'm gonna say Laroy or Laroy. Oh, maybe it's Laroy. Kid Laroy. I don't know. Mm. Whatever. You know who you are. You're also not listening to this show. <laughs> He's and a huge fan, new patron. <laughs> there he is, Kid Laroy. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. No, I know him. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> Too sad for Will. Everybody's out. How did Kid Leroy do the? Why, 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 why? Did, he, yeah. did he just cross into puberty this week? Huh. Oh my goodness! 
Well, wow. Since three of those songs had that sort of uh, intonation I, or. I can't do that. I, I can't do that. The popular thing now to have a a minor song, a down sort of down song, slow tempo. And uh, that, uh, I don't know, that yodel, sort of contemporary <laughs> yodel. Apparently having a good singing voice is a sweet old fashioned notion. <laughs> yes. Suddenly a missing auto tune. <laughs> Cat got me. Thank you, Cat. Oh. Yes. Sweet old fashioned notion. Huh. Lois Love got to do with it. It's oh, the other song. Gosh. Sweet, oh, sweet old fashioned. I love you, Cat. You got me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, look, for me, uh, what's Love Got to Do with it is not my favorite Tina Turner song by a stretch, mm-hmm. but, but it crushes Kid Leroy yes. and Justin Bieber. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I I don't want to sound like a curmudgeony old man with regard to things today because there are some things I could like. But it, but Mm -hmm. seriously, beyond nostalgia, it seems to me that in the decade, you know, that was 1980 through 1989, there were far more songs that appealed to me. And I don't think that's just because I grew up then. I think it's because, in spite of everything that was happening economically and politically, etc., most of the songs were Mm -hmm. upbeat. Mm -hmm. Maybe no, John's cringing. I think the songs you listened to were a beat. Oh. I, I think there were plenty of songs that you- You know what, John? You're right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're right. And this top yeah, five just proves right. it. Yeah. You're right. When Doves Cry, love it. Ghostbusters, love it. Stuck on you, eh. Missing you, eh. Yeah. What's love got to do with it? You're right. Two out of five. Yeah. Which is some percentage. But there were so many others that are not there. Music was certainly a lot of fun. It took itself mm. a lot less seriously in our era. So the songs that were fun- were by God fun. And the ones that were serious had something to say other than, I wonder how much this will earn me. You know, yeah. that mm-hmm. that's what I think was going on. And I think, I think realistically, factually, to search and try to find fun songs today would be challenging. Uh, certainly beyond the, the top yeah. 40, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a lot of independent folks producing. Every Like you pointed out, there's so much content out there. I'm sure inevitably you'll come across artists that produce stuff that are, more more aligned with what I'm suggesting is better music, but yeah, top 40, probably just as a statistic, if you can measure how fun a song is, it's going to be fewer. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen to John and George and Mo uh, on the uh, Gen X Grown Up podcast, won't you? Because they're Gen X kids just like we are. Oh, that would be mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And again, <laughs> if you could figure out how to work a computer, because you're, you know, everybody, we're all getting old. <laughs> Try going to patreon.com slash 1980s now because you'll be able to support the show like our many great patrons, including John Henderson, Craig mm-hmm. Coletta, and Bart Arnold. Mm-hmm. Special thanks to you guys. I guess that's it. Yes. Okay. And hey, Kat and I will talk to you again next time on 1980s now. Keep up the love. Yay. <laughs>